Boys and girls, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Franchise Buys Games. That there, that man, the man in the producer chair, goes by the name of Nice Guy Johnny. We are rocking and rolling, ladies and gentlemen. I was going to jump in with the, have you watched Afterlife Season 2 yet? Yes, I binge watched it last, uh, on Sunday night. I was going to fucking jump in with a, that's not his only nickname. (laughs) Johnny the, Johnny the Cant. (laughs) 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 The nonce. Nah, the uh, that's the producer of the show, nice guy Johnny. Still, still trying to get a handle on all franchises, it seems, and I'm still here, still using the C bomb, still drink, still drinking on the job. <laughs> yeah, but, but but sending through run sheets. <laughs> I knew I'd break you. I knew I'd break you. Well, do you know what it is? Somebody's got to do it. I brought a producer on, thinking, oh, the producer will sort us of run a show out. I'll not just have to ramble my way through, and end up talking about like three weeks of being 15 randomly when I talk about fucking cornfields or something but here we go turns out you're surplus to requirement <laughs> that you're a producer all along <laughs> I'm like bag of vans you know that caddy who just turns Aye. up <laughs> helps you win a round of golf and then fucks up <laughs> the legend of bagger johnny tea bagger johnny Boys and girls, this is Franchise Buys Games. It is your weekly roundup of all things news that happened in uh, the gaming sphere. Obviously, if you're new to the show, we will tend to deviate, go off course, go off track, take the dirt road. Something, something I'm quite, quite giddy about. <laughs> taking, the, taking the dirt road. But anyway, uh, we'll start this show the same way we start every episode. Johnny? What you been playing? Well, I've still been playing Final Fantasy VII. Have you on, Have I, you finished it yet? It. No, I haven't. I haven't, and it's busting me balls a little bit, to be honest. I've finished. I finished it, and I want to talk to you about it. I want to talk to you about the ending of the story because I can't see any more. I can't see any more because I can feel a spoiler in the back of my throat. No, no, no. I, I, I want to finish it, and I'm ploughing on. But my God, when you just like it, just ah. Oh. It's what it's, just, it's infuriating with its pacing issues sometimes. Okay. hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. That's my one overriding con for that game is its pacing and the fact and that they drop these chapters in that are nothing but little side quest chapters. And I know some people have celebrated them, and it's like, oh, like let you get immersed in the world. And I get that. I'm I'm down for that. But make it feel more organic. Make it feel, don't make it feel like you have to slam the handbrake on the fucking main linear story to crowbar in a chapter where it doesn't fall with the story at all. This chapter's got fuck all to do with the story. This chapter is just side quests. But make you know the make issue? them organic. Sprinkle just... them in, in amongst the other <laughs> chapters. Do you know what I mean? Like you had a handful of pomegranate seeds on a fucking... I don't know, like a... What do you put pomegranate seeds on? A salad? Just sprinkle, sprinkle the side quests in, don't you just fucking dedicate three separate standalone chapters to them? Don't just lob a whole pomegranate at your face. Don't you just fucking... <laughs> don't expect it. Don't, don't bring me out a pomegranate betwixt me starter and main course. A pomegranate and a hairpin and just expect us to eat the full thing by itself. <laughs> That's not the way I like to do me pomegranates. <laughs> <laughs> So where are you on Final Fantasy VII? Where are you? Right. So, you you let me know that the last se- section of um, side quests were a ball ache. Mm-hmm. Right. So I I went right. I decided I thought I'll have a go. Right. And I probably did the hardest one first. Which I went to the which... sewers underground one. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that that side boss, mini boss, whatever is. I don't know. I've either forgotten how to play the game or. The difficulty just ramped up, and I didn't expect it. No, he, he, um, I'm trying to think of his name now. I can't remember his Is name. It... The guy with oh. the, the horns. Aye. Got like chains hanging off him. Yes. Yeah, causing like the... fucking backwashes of water. Well, there's him. There's there's a the one that um Corneo keeps. No. <clears throat> Spoilers. Um, there's that one, but then there's the one, the side mission one, when you go back down to the labs underneath. Ah, uh, yes. You got to go all the way. You got to go all the way through to get your ass kicked it by. Yeah. Like leveled up monsters and then have a boss fight. Yeah, another one you may know. It's the right. one behind the door that I originally thought Red Thirteen was going to be behind. 
because I thought they were going to change the story up on Red Thirteen, but I was I was oh. I was wrong. I was wrong on that count, and it turns out cool. it's a that later been... boss. Yeah, that would have been nice because I went there, lost to him about countless times. I mean, you know what? I'm just gonna. I know that I can come back after Endgame and redo some of this. Yeah. Right. And I so and then so that's what I thought. I'll just plow ahead, but I think not doing those side missions. So now I'm climb like I'm going over the wall, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Point of no return, and but I, I feel because I haven't done any um, of those side missions, I've missed out on farming XP and AP. Yeah. And I'm not strong as I should be. What level are you at? Twenty something. Twenty something. Twenty nine. 29 you might 29. be there or thereabouts like i think yeah, i know you and, might and struggle a little bit but it shouldn't be undoable and that's the thing i mean you want it to feel a little bit like of a challenge Aye. and the one thing that's bringing back to me when you lose these things these fights and things like that is that ff7 the original was hard 100 percent. and you'd get full-on rage when you couldn't do things I um, was... it's not a game it's not a game you can play in a bad mood nah nah what's where because nah. if you're in a bad mood it puts you in an even bigger bad mood Aye, especially if you get fucked like there's a couple of bosses in that game where I felt like I was absolutely spanking them and the boss fight was going really well and then all of a sudden like it's got a lit, like a fraction of health left and it drops one move that wipes out, knocks unconscious two of my team and nearly kills the third so I'm yep. running around with fucking Tifa or something and I'm like shit I need Phoenix Downs also, can I just now that I've mentioned it, I just I wanted to talk to you about this many weeks ago. But the one thing that I never made the connection with playing OG Final Fantasy VII, and that I think the new game has done phenomenally well, it's like the new game uh, it, it dives more into the reasoning behind things that happen in the game, and it's more descriptive and it it just fleshes everything out a bit more. I thought mm -hmm. in OG Final Fantasy 7 when I got uh, the portion which brings people back from unconsciousness which is called a phoenix down I thought that was just some weird funky Japanese name I did not put I, two yeah. and two together and then in this game it's called a tuft, tuft. of phoenix yeah. down and it's as if the down like the feathers of an actual phoenix yeah. known for and its comeback from the dead capabilities I'm with you on that one. Never made the connection until it was just like a tuft. A ah, tuft. Made much more sense now that I realise it was an actual pe like feather of a phoenix. Makes a lot more sense. So thank you, Final Fantasy VII remake. But and I'm still ch I still love it and I hate it in some ways. But that's the whole beauty of the game. And I'm still chucking away. And hopefully by this time next week it will be done and dusted you need to finish that fucking me because we've wouldn't we've got to have a serious conversation about the ending well uh, yes and also i need to clear some space on my playstation from the news of the other game i've been playing this week what's coming then what's coming this week no well it's the the patch for warzone isn't oh it? fucking hell i another 30 gig patch for warzone Opens yeah, my up, PlayStation uh, can't take anything else. Well, I know we've, we've, we've this is well trodden ground at this point. <laughs> it's spread to the it's spread to the other Panthers now. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> I'm starting to see it just catch on, not unlike the T virus from Resident <laughs> Evil Three, which I have been playing this week. But uh, I'll get on to that in a minute. But I'm just seeing this catch on of everybody just running out of hard drive space, and I'm like, how is this possible? But then I realised I'm obviously. My Call of Duty is on my Pro, and I've got a terabyte in the Pro, so this isn't an issue for me. I've got that. <laughs> I've got that. I've got that standalone hard drive ready to go. When PlayStation looks like it's going to fill up, I'll just plug that hard drive in. It's there. It's ready to go. On my Xbox, I've got the three terabyte hard drive plugged into it. And I mean, storage in an issue is what I'm trying to say to you. But then when I see you fall foul of this storage. And then I see a, another one of the Panthers fallen foul of this storage. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Poor planning by the Lodiers. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why I am the leader of the Sky Panthers. <laughs> he's, he's been, he's been, you've got a qualified good internet. <laughs> And by good, we mean suit your standards. If you want to get promoted anyway, if you want to rise up the ranks of the Sky Panthers, good internet, 
sensible storage solutions. Eight weeks of lockdown, your conservative values are coming straight through. <laughs> Fuck safety nets. <laughs> and bad planning and bad choices. <laughs> what else you been playing, you mad bastard? Well, I, we have to celebrate because I got, I got, well, I say I. Well, we. We. You got your next win, but I got my first win as part of the Panthers, or first win ever on Warzone. Got that first Warzone win, Johnny. Got that Warzone win under your yep. belt. Yeah. And by fuck did I not deserve that win in that one. No, no but you you had earned it. Like, the match before that, you were a killing machine. Yeah, I'd, I'd earned it in that one, and then I got all the way through. Now, anyone else looking at those <laughs> specs, <laughs> scores, after the game, when I'm running around my living room like a madhead, just like, yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> Just like, stri- stripping naked. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like in the Martian when he when he's back in touch with Earth and he's just like yes. <laughs> he's looking around for <laughs> someone to acknowledge him. I was like that, and I got all the way through that with hardly any points and zero kills. But you That's were, how you do it. You were there though. You were an important part of that team. Oh. And to be honest, I did not see us winning that game because we got into a really sticky situation where there was a sniper just knocking plates off people left and right and then before I knew it we're in the final circle gunning people down I fell I, I I even fell I think there was me, you fell then I went down and then there was only two people left and one of them was the other panther and the other one was obviously the final player and it flipped to watch his camera just at the perfect time and I watched him gun him down for that Warzone victory, the second Warzone victory, the first was arguably the better one, and you, you missed that one. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> that was the awkward moment when I text, like, is there room for one more on the party? Uh, and the video you send back is like, we fucking won. <laughs> uh, fucking got a quad win, nobody died. Quad win, nobody died. Right in the middle of, like, a fucking trench as well. Like a, There's, like, an area on the map with a little lake and, like a, like, a little dock on it, and it's just hills and a downed plane but they all rolled down into this bottom where this lake is and we were at the bottom and people were just pouring up. You know what it's like, a final circle and people were just pouring over them hills and we were just picking them off. Everybody survived, killed all of them. Great, great times on Warzone. More great times. And now this new patch has dropped and apparently the bunkers are now open and you can get in the bunkers if you have a key card. Um, yeah, I've seen some videos going on the YouTube about that. Yeah, no, no zombies in there, which breaks me heart because I definitely wanted them to introduce that PVE element. Uh, but I think we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see what season four holds, because z- zombies. You've got to think it has to be in with a shout of being. I agree with you there. Yeah. Being brought in, the, zombies do, do in need... Blackout on Black Ops Four were a, a perfect addition. An absolutely perfect addition to that map. Just a little, a little slice of PVE on that map, and it was perfect. They've already proven they, they, they can do it. But do they need to do it now? They know they can, and we know they will, to some respect. Yeah. But let's say it like record numbers playing Warzone. Yeah. Record numbers. In no thanks to the lockdown. Yeah, and they they probably don't need to blow the wad and give mm. additional stuff. Now it's a ta- it's a it's a delicate timing issue because you leave it too late, you lose a crowd. Yeah. Because yeah. if you lose people, you never usually bring a lot of people back. Like no. you never bring the same amount of people back unless nah. it's groundbreaking. I mean, so it'll it, just be finally poised. Speaking of groundbreaking and, and not going back, look what Fortnite did when Fortnite hit. Was it season ten? And they just shut the game off for like three days. <laughs> That's brave. That's brave. It was a hell of a move. But all these people <laughs> who'd stopped playing Fortnite were all of a sudden talking about Fortnite again and trying to get back on Fortnite, thinking, "Well, why can't I not? Yeah. Why can't I not play this?" It was a genius move on their part, like, and that's why, whether you love it or hate it, that's why it's still the biggest battle royal on the planet. It is. It doesn't get the lion share of the conversation anymore, but it's fucking. It's absolutely getting more than its fair slice of the pie. Forever omnipresent. Speaking of battle royales, I'll move swiftly into what I've been playing. Uh, first things first, I've been. I've jumped back into Apex Legends, Johnny. Ah. Uh-huh. On Xbox? On Xbox. I've got it. I downloaded it on both because obviously it's free to play. I downloaded it on both, but I was on the Xbox. I've been on the Xbox a lot this week um, playing 
Resident Evil 3, so I went back to Resident Evil 3 and finished that. So I've, I've finished Resident Evil 3 now. Uh, finished Final Fantasy 7 this week as well. I've, uh, well, that's how I've been abusing my free time, essentially. Getting them yeah. Warzone wins, boxing off all these games that I've just been mounting up. So I finished Final Fantasy 7, which we can't talk about yet, but I'm feeling like we might do just a little spoiler cast or something. If We'll record it, yeah, but let's... if for nothing else, it's just for me and you, really. No, let's let's do it. Let's do it. We'll Definitely. do it. We'll do a spoiler cast for Final Fantasy VII. Um, so when that was done, I went back to Resident Evil Three, boxed that off. Very much enjoyed my time with Resident Evil Three as well. Quite a short campaign, I think. I tried to do absolutely everything. Like I wanted to see everything. I wanted to unlock everything in my first playthrough that I could. So that pushed my playthrough somewhere around seven and a half hours for a full campaign. Uh, we saw quite a short campaign, but yeah, still really enjoyed it. Uh, and then yeah, condensed and enjoyable. Yeah, I guess. yeah, I yeah, and it, it it breaks me heart a bit because there was a lot of it that was like, oh god, this is just the assets from Resident Evil Two. <laughs> like yeah, you haven't yeah. <laughs> you haven't done anything. This is just the Resident Evil Two assets, the police station, all of that. That's just still in there. It's the same fucking bit. Everything's everything's still there. But moved on to that, and then I started playing a little bit of Apex because I wanted. I'm I'm enjoying Warzone. Don't get wrong. I'm absolutely loving Warzone. But I I know season five of Apex dropped with Loba. That's her name. I think last week I called we her. Go. I called her Yoga last week, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and I yoga. thought Yoga Flame. Do I want? <laughs> do... <laughs> I was like, do I want to get back into this? So I did. Uh, give it the update. I didn't pay for Loba. I did, however, go back and pay for Revenant because I thought he was just cool as fuck. So I bought him, uh, and I've just been playing Apex again, enjoying it, mate. Enjoying it. It's a nice change of pace. Has has your has your experiences with Warzone changed how you play Apex? Yes, yes, hundred percent, absolutely hundred percent. I can't quite quantify it. I can't the I can't put it into words or give you like a, a bullet pointed list of Warzone has improved my Apex game via A, B and C it's just uh, the second game I jump at in I had like 5-6 kills and we came second and that was with, just with two randoms mm-hmm. but that's why Apex Apex is the battle royale that made jumping in with randoms perfectly fine because that ping system was fucking superb, and every other battle royale took it now and implemented it, but Apex was there first with that, and it's so good uh, that it, it it makes playing with randoms a breeze, an enjoyable breeze. It's interesting. No. Uh, well, I've got plenty that, of space yeah. on my Xbox, so I might download it just for. I'm I'm game like I'm game if you want to get back into Apex because I don't think the Panthers will come with us on this one they're very much a Warzone based squad at the minute so if you want to get it Apex for the Xbox I'll I'll jump on now yeah I'll see if I can win another battle royale or coast my way to victory like I normally do why, why the hell not mate a win's a win <laughs> <laughs> you're looking the history books a win's a win Johnny we'll move on we'll move on to a, a selection of choice cuts for this week. It's been a bit of a bump a week for news. We're in. It has. These are the fucking halcyon days, these, aren't they, when it comes to news? When you look back what we've had in the past couple of weeks, absolutely fucking busting at the seams with hot drops. Big old hot drops. So we'll we'll get into the choice cuts for this week. Uh, I think first one we'll jump into is Epic unveiled the Unreal Engine 5 running in real time. On the PlayStation Five, with a, yeah. a tech demo that I didn't catch the name of the tech demo, but by eck, by bloody eck, Johnny, that didn't half look fucking nice, did it? It looked beautiful. Absolutely fucking stunning. Loom night. Oh. I can't remember. I can't remember what the demo was called. The only one of these. Um, Epic tech demos that I remember the name of, and I could be even remembering this wrong, but I don't know if you remember when they unveiled Unreal Engine 3 or possibly 4, and they did the demo called The Samaritan, I think it was called, and it was the guy who could touch things and like essentially absorb their property and become that property. 
and you saw him in the street and there was some sort of hoo-ha going in the street and it was showing all the nice light and tech and water tech and then the guy like sees this fighting or some sort of police brutality in the streets or something and he touches the wall and he starts to become concrete and like so it was a bit of a spin on a superhero tale but that's the only and I could be I could even have that wrong but to my knowledge that's the only unreal engine tech demo whose name I remember that I may be misremembering well this one was called Lumen in the Land of Nanite which isn't the most punchy of title no <laughs> but also sounds like a very colloquial colloquialistic way of saying good night if you're from the northeast night that's what we say over here to, to, to kids anyway we don't say it to other adults but like if there's a child you're like night <laughs> you just say to random kids on the street night you night <laughs> it's 11 daddy, this, man, this man's talking to me <laughs> it's 11 up. o'clock Nanite. in the morning who are you <laughs> night <laughs> there's nothing creepy about that at all so, so I guess the, 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 the interesting thing is that it was running live, real time on a PlayStation Five. Yes. To which it, what one of our friends said doesn't look anything that great. Uh, this this man has questionable credibility, so we can't we, we can't go off what he says. But he did have a point. So, however much one of our pals had raised the issue that it didn't look like anything you couldn't play on the PlayStation Four. It was a half-truth uh, for all the reasons that he didn't know. So that demo, it couldn't run on a PlayStation 4, it absolutely couldn't, but it could run on current gen. The Xbox One X could have played that game uh, because that game was 1440, which is 4K, and 30 frames per second. It wasn't a 60 FPS demo, uh, and it didn't because it's unreal engine 5 it's got its own lighting engine in there so it wasn't using ray tracing as we know it it was using some sort of in-house lighting effect not too dissimilar from ray tracing Mm. but without the ray tracing without the 60 frames per second persistent uh, and playing in 4k technically by rights Yes, the Xbox One X could handle that, so it was sort of it was sort of a half truth. But that's not to take away from the fact that the game was absolutely fucking stunning, and it gets into the it gets into the the window of conversation whereby what are we expecting this generation to generation jump to look like? Exactly. Are we, as we've said <clears throat> in the past couple of weeks, as gamers? setting ourselves up for a fall here because we're expecting uh, like ray, the, the finest quality ray tracing 14, 40, uh, 60 frames per second or like Dirt 5 120 frames a second in every game are we expecting every single game to look like a triple A like The Last of Us Part 2 if it had ray tracing ran at a consistent 1440 and was 60 frames per second and I think that in itself is the folly of the gaming man oh definitely it's it's not what the, it's not what it's going to look like now when it launches it's what what's it going to be capable of in the in future prime. yeah or towards in, in its twilight because that that's that's going to be scary yeah so yeah, but I, as gamers, we always set ourselves up of what we expect it to be. But um, I think it's the things around it we should be looking at. You know how it deals with the with the, um, the graphics and textures. Yes. Not exactly was the graphics and textures. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. If a game is more than what it looks like, I mean, take Minecraft as the perfect example. How many hours? have us two, has anybody listened to this podcast, how many hours have you sunk into Minecraft Minecraft is not a fucking it's not a, what you would call a visually stunning game not conventionally anyway but it's the gameplay made it for a behemoth do you know what I mean, a gameplay made it an absolute champion for, I mean it still is, it's fucking Minecraft do you know what I mean? It's still arguably one of the biggest games on the planet. And it, the, the graphics is 
it's all blocks all blocks all shoddy textures but that's all part of its charm do you know what I mean so it is it isn't it doesn't have to look like a triple A Sony first party game to constitute as a, as a fucking absolutely superb piece of work the, the way it looks the aesthetic that's the word I'll use the aesthetic's just yeah. one part of it and it's, it's perception isn't it sometimes yeah sometimes you can look at something and just perceive you know, I think how you perceive graphics in one in one thing mm-hmm. particularly how you're playing the game you know things don't have to if you if you if you forensically analyzed it you'd probably go okay that doesn't look that doesn't feel right that doesn't look what you call it yeah but if it adds to the feel of it you know what i mean 100 percent. so you know you 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 may be not let for example blasting out at like full res high resolution but you're making you're playing lower resolution relatively speaking yeah but yeah yeah you're making better use of that resolution to make it look good yeah yeah you, you, so. you're capping your resolution in order to maximize other parts of the game exactly so it's like this demo this nanite whatever the fuck it was called uh this demo like we said could have on paper ran on an xbox one x that's my understanding from what i've dug into it you could run that on xbox one x the thing that really blew me mind is that it, there was no clipping there was no, no stutter uh, there was no frame rate drops and it was a seamless transition where it, it did look like it was going to have <laughs> that the current gen trick of hiding a loading screen within the game which is something God of War did incredibly well so oh, I, God of, and Final Fantasy to some respect Final I'm Fantasy sure. does it as well yeah so yeah. In, in order to hide a loading screen within the game you put a, a, a part of the game where somebody has to squeeze through something tight for an extended period of time that yeah. is you in a loading screen that's a loading screen hidden within the game yeah. there was one element of that at the beginning of the demo where she was squeezing through a crevice which I could forgive because after that point it went from gameplay to cutscene to gameplay to cutscene seamlessly without mm-hmm. any loading at all uh, and with no drop in frame rate no stuttering nothing no no clear transitional point it just happened and then at the end where the the flying sequence absolutely fucking stunning absolutely stunning that would push any current gen tech to get that scene running the amount of the amount of moving parts in that scene for it to go as seamlessly as it did and look as pretty as it did gets me uh gets me all uh gets me all a moist gets me <laughs> that's that's what we've got to look forward to on the next gen and I, yeah that's that's the kind of thing how it's going to be i don't know just the, the change in the feel of games you know what i mean mm. the pacing of things of not having to go through some animations yeah which we all know what they are hi yeah we've been there we've suffered we've suffered through them so it gave some play, gives PlayStation some um, bit more street cred. I did something being, something being that being they needed. I think and, yeah, something they needed at the minute was for that Unreal Engine Five tech demo to be attached to them, because yeah. that was in a week where Xbox had came out with horrible messaging about gameplay on the next gen showing nothing anywhere near as pretty as that hang on i stand corrected what was that first game made up by that one guy what's that one fucking called again i cannot remember hang on where's my notes it's escaped (laughs) us for now it was the game the very first game in the xbox showcase of third party games something infinite uh yes that was it something infinite uh fucking nah it's gone it's mind ethereal mind time infinite some <laughs> the memory. game was a bit confused about what it really wanted to be <laughs> memory so, something memory infinite I don't even know where my notes are Johnny that game anyway that game looked next gen but nothing else did so in a week where Microsoft had a load of games that looked like they'd run on the current gen um, attached to it and it's 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 next gen brand 
uh, PlayStation came out with their name attached to that, which was absolutely fucking stunning and a boon, an absolute boon for them. Definitely, definitely. What else? So, is, what else has been going on the news, Johnny? What else we got here? Well, we had the sliding on to keeping the PlayStation tight. Um, we had the goats of sashimi stay play. The old goats, goats of sashimi. Sorry, you can get it. Was it ghosts of Tsushima? Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, goats, goats of sashimi. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, so, so we, we had, had a... the, the state of play. I'll let, I'll let you take this one while I fucking wet me whistle here. I'm drying up. So the extent, extended presentation on that, where we saw a lot of gameplay footage and what the parts of the gameplay features and what the games are kind of about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got my notes for this one. Oh shit, son. It's almost like he's not, he's not doing it off the top of his head. <laughs> what an Fuck absolute me, professional. It does look pretty. It does, don't it? Con- consummate professional. It, it um, looks absolutely stunning. It's stylish as fuck. Like, it's mm. drenched in style. Mm. Like, even down to the actual features of the game where you can play it with them um, intentionally with, like, the the Japanese um, voice oh, yeah, soundtrack. The audio track. With them um, um, subtitles, or you can even play it in, like, hyper saturated black and white. Yeah. Like, I, the I, um, Japanese cinema. Homage, an homage to Japanese samurai cinema. And then the, the photo mode, how you can edit the kind of the seasons in it and things like that. So it's um, very much um, dripping, dripping in yeah. pure style. Like, is it is the word stylissimo? Is that what you would call it? it Pretty just... much, proper up there. Like, fucking it, it, unbelievable. Like, so once you've drenched in it and you're like looking at it, then suddenly you do start thinking, okay, what is the substance going to be? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you see these gameplay kind of mechanics, and, and you hit the nail on the head. So I wrote down three games that I think it reminded me of. Right. Um, I was getting very much a, a Witcher three feel, I think. And right. That's just from the kind of vistas when you first look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So first look, you see like trees. You see that it was like invoking memories of like when I first played Witcher three, and that kind of setting of the map. Yeah, right. When you first walk out of Kermorn on the uh, on the balcony, and yeah, you look over so like that first vista. Or when you're like in planes or in kind of things like that, it was kind of oh, that feels like that. Mm-hmm. And then when they started getting in the gameplay, I mean, you you seconded this. It was very Assassin's Creed. Hundred percent. It was Assassin's. Yeah, like, it was Assassin's Creed Japan. Yeah. If that state yeah. of play had come out and launched that as an Assassin's Creed title called Assassin's Creed Feudal Japan. I wouldn't have surprised as it was. I know. Makes you think that would have been a perfect setting. Why didn't they go that way, do you think? Well, it was rumoured. It was rumoured for a long time. It was rumoured for a long time that the next game was going to be in feudal Japan or Viking. And they've obviously went They've obviously went the Viking route with Valhalla. Mm-hmm. But, um, so. yeah, like, and I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Given the last two Assassin's Creed offerings, Outens, which has been uh, nothing short of a fucking stellar reboot of the series, after they took a two-year break, they they totally reinvented what Assassin's Creed even is. Like mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed now has, I mean, how the fucking hell are you going to tie a Viking into the Assassin's Guild? Like that's the co- we've had this conversation before. Like it's getting so far removed from what Assassin's Creed was, yet that's not a bad thing, because the games no. themselves are superb RPGs, superb I I, combat. I just wish they had a bit more stock in themselves rather than just it's easy to attach a brand name to it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like you could have perfectly made a, a, a Viking kind of conquest game, like we said. Like if you hadn't, you could have called that game Valhalla. And not had the Assassin's Creed tag on it at all. No. And I, I still think you would have had an absolutely fucking monster game on your hands. And I think Assassin's Creed attaching the brand of Assassin's Creed to it now is it's, it's nothing more than trying to boost boost sales because of brand recognition. Uh, but it, it, I mean, they've got the perfect di- like, dynamic like what's the perfect mechanic there in terms of 
what the Assassin's Creed kind of the animus thing that lets you go back and play whichever mm. it's a gateway to any any kind of his, historical period yeah so once you've established that I can see them keeping it but it you know you lose the assassin law every it gets diluted every time aye yeah. where you know actually you know that was the whole thing about it the, the first game was amazing in its law in terms of like the, the assassin and like the crusades yeah and, and that built on and built on and then now it's just a yeah you dial it into a little bit Aye. but yeah that, I mean Ghost of Tsushima bringing it back to that that it it looked to me it looked very much like a current Assassin's Creed game with some of the trimmings of the Assassin's Creed game of old like there was a set there was like a, a sequence in that, in that state of play whereby it was literally one hit kills and anybody it was parry kills well, that that's the thing. I mean, I, what I loved at first was the fact that that's how like a samurai, a samurai kind of fighting was never about like fencing and sword no. fighting. It was like you unsheath one slash like single stroke movements and Aye. put them back, and then re resheath. It was all about that kind of movement. I feel like you but, just turned this into a sexy podcast, and I don't know why. <laughs> Unsheathing and that, I just fucking <laughs> I don't know why. Whatever floats your boat. Carry on. <laughs> but then, that that lends it to time your parries. Yeah. Which is very old ass Assassin's Creed. It's old ass. It's very old ass. Old ass Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just you held block and then pressed the button at the t- at the right time. Yeah. Well, that, that's boring. That, well, the, there's an element to be said about it in in. Assassin's Creed of of your of you fucking the the OG Assassin's Creed that was it got boring very quick in that combat. You could literally fight a hundred guys, and you would just time in your parries, and that was it. That was all your combat was. But then um, again, that game was never supposed to be played that way. No, that is true. Uh, but if you're talking about parrying, and yet, I mean, if you look at the likes of any. So from soft game, any souls born, parrying is a, a huge, huge part of that game. That's mm-hmm. how you increase um, stagger meters and all sorts. Like Sekiro, parrying is how you get somebody to be in a state where you can perform yeah. a death blow. And he was, is he a ninja? Is he a samurai? I, the the lines blurred a bit in in Sekiro. But it's like you say, for a samurai, that was samurai combat. It was standing and planning, staring into a bloke's eyes for about 10 minutes, and then you make one move, and you want to end that combat in one move. That was samurai combat. It was who had the bigger the bigger prowess, the bigger fucking brain to end the fight in as little blows as possible. And I, I fully agree with that, how it looked. And, yeah, 100%. Like, and, and, and the style of that, it's how is that going to work from a gameplay point of view? Because you can't ascertain that from a without holding the pad and doing it yourself. Well, I think that's why they've leaned into this multiple play styles in it. You've got the samurai and you've got the ghost. And I'd imagine yeah. your play styles. So it was, I mean, this news came out today. I think uh, Nebellion on Twitter had, had, had leaked something whereby you can switch effortlessly between the different playstyles and I'd imagine the samurai playstyle is this dueling um, one on one you're looking for the yeah. parry counter kill the honourable honor, yes. honorable way of fighting the, the ghost is pinging arrows in people's eyes he's fucking doing backflips on the people and all that kind of jazz that's that's the two playstyles you've got there and I think that's the that might just be the the master stroke. So for those who do want to play it with original Japanese audio track, uh, not original, sorry, but like they want to play it with the Japanese audio track and they want to play it in black and white as a homage to these samurai movies uh, and they want to get into the kind of samurai, samurai combat whereby this really in-depth photo mode they've got going on that can create their own fucking samurai movie. Like, yeah, putting like fucking splashes on there putting transitions in there putting fucking titles on there like all of that 
like all that's there for them they've essentially gave us a toolbox to either play the game like an Assassin's Creed game of old play the game like an Assassin's Creed game of new or play the game like you were directing a fucking Japanese samurai movie and that brings me into the third game it reminded me of um, Metal Gear 5 Metal Gear 5 was a fucking brilliant game because of because of the way you can play the same missions in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and and just touching on what you said about like the Souls games and stuff, the Zeitgeist, yeah, big word for the day. I love that word. Appeased nowadays, the Zeitgeist is hard games. It seems yeah. difficult, challenging aye. games, difficulty. So we'll Apparently, see what that this, was. That was actually how, part how, of the the Nebelian piece that he'd, he'd put on Twitter as well. That it is going to be a difficult game. Well, that's that, that. That's the thing. That's the zeitgeist. So I think I think going back to if it was Assassin's Creed of old, making it like hold block and then you know parry kill, yeah, without an element of difficulty to it, mm-hmm. would probably be regressive and not keep fitting of current the current zeitgeist. Yeah, but yeah. it'll only change when things get too hard to play and become enjoyable, unenjoyable. Like fucking this Elden Ring coming out probably will be. That'll probably be the one that pushes people over the edge. That it'll push the 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 mainstream away from it. Possibly that's a wild assumption at this point. But from what I've heard about Elden Ring, uh, it's going to be very very heavy in mini boss encounters before you even get to the end boss of any particular kingdom. It's like. <laughs> a number of kingdoms you go in and every kingdom you go in you fight literally off the bounce like four or five mini bosses and then the big boss and that could be the one what keeps keeps that contingent of people who thrive on difficult games and mastering them it could be the one that pushes the fair weather gamer who the the dumbed down bloodborne for them the Sekiro was arguably a dumb and down also but both still very hard games I haven't finished either of those games. They're f- far beyond my capabilities. But compared to compared to Demon Souls, Jesus, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, we've got Ghost of Tsushima coming uh, July, Johnny, July seventeenth. Yeah. So if I if I can get um, Final Fantasy boxed off, yeah, hopefully, and then uh, Last of Us, yeah, and I'm pretty sure I'll just fly through Last of Us because I'll just be gripped. Yeah, yeah. And the, the way it plays, I don't think it'll beat around the bush about side quests. <laughs> nah. It it'll might be, be very s- linear stuff. I think there might be some element of it, but I think it's arguably... Looking back at The Last of Us, I don't remember any side quests. Nah, there'll be some rewards for extra... Like little doing yeah. little fetch quests, essentially. Or, fetch, or just exploration. You'll be rewarded for your exploration. Yeah, which I will. I think... A, 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 a term I've coined about my play style is uh, I am Mr. Trip Advisor. We've said this on this podcast before. <laughs> if there is a, if there's somewhere in that game to look at, I will put eyes on it. <laughs> if it exists, I will be in it, and I don't care if it adds another twenty hours onto me playtime. <laughs> I am in there, and I don't care if I've forgot what the entire story is about. This oh. is why I've bought and owned Skyrim on every platform it's ever came out on. And never finished it. Eh, Skyrim. That's one thing that should be on Game Pass. Skyrim. Uh huh. Well, probably, probably will go that way. They've had, they've got Fallout titles on there. So yeah, with this and um, this rounds off the PlayStation. And for something that when I got my Xbox um, One, I thought I'd drift away, but it's what a swan song that we we keep saying that PlayStation Four is having. There's a reason PlayStation dominated this gen. There's a reason that PlayStation's put almost double the amount of consoles out into the wild. And it's because this generation PlayStation has had just the fucking absolute diamond standard in exclusives. And it continues to deliver. All of the fucking exclusives that we've had this gen, the only one that I'd say missed the mark, critically missed the mark, for me it didn't, I enjoyed it that's my disclaimer on that, it was Days Gone but other than Days Gone every single exclusive has just been a solid fucking 9, 9.5 slash 10 out of 10 because I'll hold my hand up, I've still got to go and play Spider-Man 
That is a horrible, horrible admission. People are going to wonder why I've even got you on this show. It's time to trade you out for another one of the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> You've been demoted. <laughs> hey, trade me out for someone else. All you'll get is PlayStation 2 graphics. That. <laughs> yeah, it looks shite. It looked like that PlayStation 2 graphics. <laughs> speaking of brand new games, and speaking of first party exclusives, Nintendo dropped the first of what we can only uh, assume is many uh, trailers on first party Mario titles that are coming out as part of the 35th anniversary celebrations and uh, I don't know if you saw this trailer Johnny but uh, Paper Mario is back for the Switch with Origami King, King. Have, you, have you watched the trailer? not yet it's uh, well, you don't want to switch, so I can, I can let you off with no, that one. Yeah. But uh, absolutely fucking what? A, we've said this before, and I'll say it again: the Switch is the little system that could. Because this game, <laughs> when we talked just not moments ago about it's the aesthetic of a game, and it doesn't, a game doesn't have to look for fourteen forty and solid sixty frames and real life hair physics. It doesn't have to have that to look stunning. Because Paper Mario is Paper Mario and a lot of these little things in here are, are, are supposed to be made of paper and it looks absolutely fucking stunning. Just the whole art style of it. Stunning is a strong word. It looks adorable. But it's not yeah. cute it's it's not cute. It's Fun, but it's just it's a Mario. It's so Mario. I don't even know how to put that into words. It well, ju- it, it's it, just so Mario. That's it. It just <laughs> it, and it looks amazing, visually, aesthetically. It looks amazing. I Mario's still the classic Paper Mario little cut out of himself, and I've got no problem with that. But when you see all the other characters made out of origami and they're just unfolding and refolding themselves. It's done superbly, man. Absolutely superb. And I think... Um, I, I could be wrong, but I think this is going to be the first of many that we'll see in a very it's short a space bump. of time. It's if, a bumper period of Mario. It's a, it's going to be an absolute bumper period of Mario because it, it, that's what it is. It's the 35th anniversary of Mario. And, well, Mario Brothers, I think, one of the mainstay titles in the Mario-verse. But uh, it looks unreal. It looks unreal. And it looks to be moving uh, much like the DS version. And the name of the DS title slips my mind. But another DS game for Paper Mario started to veer away from the from the, the, the turn-based RPG type deal. And more into an action-adventure type feel. Uh, and it looks like this one's going to continue that path. And move into a full action-adventure style as opposed to RPG. I, and I ain't got no issue with that when it looks that pretty. I ain't got no issue with that. It just looks. Do you know what it is? It looks like, uh, like do you, do you remember the EA game that had Yarny in it, and it was the little wool guy. Uh, Unravel. That's it. Yep. Yeah. It that again. The aesthetic of that absolutely stunning. Is it real life graphics? No, it's not. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, absolutely stunning. The colours, the colours in that, melt your head. <laughs> and in this, I'd, I'd, we need to create a new fucking bracket for for this kind of look, for this kind of aesthetic. Somebody probably already I know has. What you mean? But it just, it's just going to be one of them. It's just colourful and bright and clever and sharp. And, and if it captures the. Uh... Captures the spirit of what Mario is. Yeah. Really? I got no issues with that. Like, absolutely no issues. There is another slice of brand new game news. Did you ever play any of the Mafia games? I played Mafia 1. Well, have I got. Did you enjoy Mafia 1? I loved Mafia 1. I really loved Mafia 1. That's what turned us off about the other ones, really. Because to me, Mafia was. I know it's like. It's a. Mafia exists throughout all like kind of time periods and stuff. Aye, aye. 
But I don't know. I think there was something more sophisticated about the, the old school families. <laughs> <laughs> call, call, call me a call me a purist, but you know. <laughs> well, Johnny, hang on to your dick, sir, because uh, Mafia, the Mafia trilogy, is coming out. Uh, so it's been rumoured, and obviously they they started teasing it on uh, Twitter and whatnot, and t- uh, we had the 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 reveal last week I want to say or the week before and it was a, a very short snippet of the Mafia trilogy we have had more information today um, around 5 o'clock the info dropped that Mafia 2 is remastered and that is out now you can pick that up for £25 for Mafia 2 nice little new coat of paint on it mm-hmm. however there has been a leak um, shortly following that the, the actual presentation came out and then the leak came out very quickly after. It might come out before, I caught it after. That the trilogy itself is coming out in August. And the trilogy will contain the Mafia 1 Definitive Edition. Which is Mafia built in the Mafia 3 engine. So rebuilt from the ground up. New dialogue, new voice scripts, all sorts. So, so there is going to be some difference from from Mafia as we remember it uh, but Mafia rebuilt in the Mafia 3 engine that is fucking that I'm all in for that I am all in for that so yeah obviously I played all the Mafia games and Mafia 1 was by far and away my favourite game and that rebuilt in Mafia 3 in, in the Mafia 3 engine is going to be absolutely stunning there's some stills already doing the rounds just to show you what it's going to look like yeah, and I'm looking at them now, and it's. It looks phenomenal, man. It looks absolutely phenomenal. So we've got the trilogy coming in August, which will be one, two, and three. You can buy the definitive edition of Mafia Two now, and Mafia Three now, I believe. Mafia Three definitely, yes. but they're all going to come out in a collection in August. So. So I'm I'm looking on Eurogamer now. Can yeah. I? For some prices, so it was like you said, twenty four ninety nine a piece for Mafia's two and three. Yeah. Released today. Yeah. The Uber enhanced edition of Mafia One arrives twentieth of August at a cost of thirty five quid. Yeah. However, the bundle will cost it fifty quid. Now I already um, own Mafia Three. Yeah. Um, so you should get. Hang on, here you go. Um. Mafia 3 players on Xbox One, PS4 and Steam will get a free Definitive Edition upgrade too. Yeah, but I need to know what this Mafia 3 Definitive Edition is. If it's just a shinier coat of paint, then I'm not bothered. Because Mafia 3... Mafia 3 fell off a cliff quick. Mafia 3 started, and I'd say the first five, five to seven hours were superb. The soundtrack was superb. The fucking... The graphics were superb. The story was really fucking good, and then it burdened itself. And I, for the life of us, I don't know why, it fucking burdened itself with these repetitive quests, just overkill, absolute overkill, and it ruined the full fucking game for me. Absolutely ruined it. So if this definitive edition, if they're going to offer to remove half of the fucking bunts they put in there for the sake of having a... Oh no, we have to put a game out and we want it to be at least 60 hours, so we'll fill it with shit. Like if you take half of that shit out, I'll go back, I'd play Mafia 3 again, I really enjoyed it for the first part. And if somebody could tell me that it picks up again at the end, and I just have to stick with it and get through these difficult, choppy, shitty bits, then mm, possibly, I mean I do have the time now. I don't have the time. I've been tempted to pick up Mafia Two now that I know it's uh, it's out today. It's it's, it's game is and, and you know the problem is if it's not full of content, we'll feel shortchanged. Like we said the same about um, Resident Evil Three. Yeah. And its price tag. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then if they just lowered the price by ten quid, I would have got it. Yeah. You know, it's these small things. So at least here they've kind of you know for for a. For fifty quid here, you're getting a remake of three games, mm-hmm. not just one. Aye, that's the thing. I appreciate one of them's built from the ground up, 
it seems and that's justifying why that one will be like 35 quid but even at 35 quid for a remake that's not bad 35 quid and for the level of content you're going to get in a, in the first mafia game which for me personally, yeah, no, yeah, everybody's got different tastes, but the first one was by far the best, in my opinion, anyway. It was just different feel, you know what I mean? It's like you know, it was like that. that it's one of the things how you're going to um, compete with, let's say, the, the pinnacle of GTA. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You, you you've got to either go back to you know, style and setting, or make it like even more ridiculous in some ways. You know what I mean? With like Saints Row having its style and aesthetic. And fucking you know. giant purple dildos exactly so you've got to go that way or or back to the the um rely on your rely on your set and setting yeah i mean it, mm. it, to some respects Eleanor kind of tapped mm-hmm. into the mafia feel of it a little bit i definitely tapped into the the era yeah yeah so it's definitely got an allure about it because didn't godfather come out as a game as well mm-hmm. which was very kind of almost like Mafia, except yeah. with the license of Godfather. Essentially, I. That's all it was. It was Mafia with a license. Yeah, thought so. Mafia was the so. most famous Mafia film license attached to it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited about. Like, I think I'll just play the first one to be honest, just because of nostalgia in that. For for twenty five quid, I am tempted. I'm tempted to pick up Mafia two, and give it a blast sink 10 15 hours into it and just see what happens because we've, st- we've still got some time here before last of us we've still got the best part of a month before the last of us comes out so true is it is it gonna be uh is it gonna be worth that 25 quid or do i spend that time on apex or boxing off something else do you know well, what i mean? still got the box off uh, I need to box off Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, I need to box that off. Um, I mean, I could go back to the game list, actually. I'll go back to the game list from this year. And I'll tell you what's been bought this year. I won't embarrass myself by going into 2019 and figuring out what needs finishing there. <laughs> uh, dreams that can't be finished. Darksiders Genesis, I haven't. Doom Eternal I have, Animal Crossing never ends and I'm sick of work Bleeding Edge can't be finished, Res 3 finished, Final Fantasy 7 finished hmm interessante could go back to Death Stranding I suppose <laughs> yeah, I've still, yeah I've still got to do that no. and I, I was on a mission there just to try and just plough all the way through mm. and do the core story missions but then um, Final Fantasy came along and Warzone. Uh, Warzone's got, again going to be omnipresent for the next year. Hundred <laughs> percent, it's just going to be there. And it's like heroin; you get that win, and then that's all you want. You just want that win again. I know. I had, I had to get off last night because I knew I would have pissed myself off because I, like, I wouldn't have topped that feeling. Yeah. It's like I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> and for that reason, I'm out. You need to get off on a high. That's that's like. That's where gamblers feel, innit? You get off on a high. You don't. You never want to be chasing. Yeah, I never want to be chasing. I think that's when your performance drops. Is there a, have we got any other news here, Johnny? Um, just something we touched on, like because like again, I'm just harking back. I always call the news before it comes. Right. Back in February, one of the first uh, podcasts I think we did, we talked about Anthem 2.0. Yeah. And ex- um, basically rebuilding the ground up, and then that went deadly quiet. Yeah. Well, there was some news this week, basically, um, to say the news is don't expect any news anytime soon, mm. <laughs> pretty much, um, saying that it's still in its incubation period and the creation of a new version will be a longer process, and okay. with the current state of the world at the moment, yeah, probably even longer than that, is, is a worth saying. So, here's, um, here's a one for you, they've put a 30-man incubation team on this, yeah? Mm-hmm. They've come out and said, however long you think it was going to take, it'll probably take longer. Are they... I see this going one of two ways. One of three ways. So the first way is that they've, they've been a bit tricksy and they're spinning a couple of white lies, throwing people off the scent, and it launches as a free-to-play with the next gen. 
using the Destiny model now. It'll give you vanilla anthem for free. Next gen looks really fucking stunning. There's a free game. Microtransactions for cosmetics. And then they'll hook people in with DLC. If you want to keep playing, you have to buy the DLC packs. That's option one. Option two is that this game comes out mid-2021, late-2021, and it loses any steam it had because nobody cares anymore, and it dies a slow and painful death. Or three, it just never comes out. That's my... I that's my thoughts on it. I think it'll be the middle one, if you want me to choose one. Slow and painful death. Yeah. You voted for slow and painful death. <laughs> because I think they've decided to do something. Yeah. Right? I don't think it'll come out as a free-to-play vanilla, because that fucks over anyone who got the original game. Mm -hmm. So that's one, that's one way down. Um... They've said it now, so they're going to have to do something. And I think they'll basically give this 30-man team whatever. They'll do what they can, release it, and just then heads in the sand and move on. Let it die. Let it die. Plow all think. the marketing into fucking Madden or for Fallen Order 2. Pretty much. And just don't talk about Which it. Which is shame, so for, it, it, shame it dies, for Bioware. Really. It dies in silence. I mean, Bioware, Bioware have already dropped the teaser trailer for the next Dragon Age game, like, last year. So that we know that there's another Dragon Age coming. So if this 30-man incubation team who tries to turn around Anthem's fate, that tries to duplicate what Square did with Final Fantasy XIV and what um, Hello Games did with No Man's Sky and create a redemption story, if they fail, they just won't talk about it. They'll, instead of saying we're giving up on this project they'll take it around the back of the woodshed put a bullet in it and then they'll come out with a massive fucking campaign for the new Bioware Dragon Age 6 or whatever the fuck this next one is and that's I mean, the, oh, that's two black marks for Bioware at that point you've got to think that stings Andromeda yeah. and then Anthem I mean the only way that this can do it is with a reduced team and given the freedom just to do it and just will will they manage to kind of cook something out mm. I mean the best redemption thing for this would be just add more content and polish up the original game yeah. and release it release it almost like a d director's cut like a definitive edition yeah what we intended <laughs> what we intended it to be right. you know what I mean if that or the, no. the Snyder cut <laughs> yeah <laughs> doesn't exist man doesn't exist <laughs> I've seen it man I've seen it <laughs> so like that that's how I, I'd love it to happen because when we played it it was just something it, epic about that what was it like 40 minute fight aye down that thing and it was just you know I don't know I think it just tried to be too big could have been condensed I, I think I don't I think there was a couple of decisions made that were wrong decisions. I don't think the game in general was bad. I've said this time and time again that I really enjoyed Anthem when I was playing with the likes of you, with the likes of other mates who I play with online. When I was playing with people I knew and I had my own squad and we controlled the pace of everything as a unit, I had no issue with that game. Yeah, the loot was fucking weird. The loot, they didn't really do a lot of cosmetics as far as the loot was concerned but I, that didn't take away from the feel of the game for me flying around in a fucking Iron Man suit really did it for me the different mm -hmm. kinds of suits you could get the combat itself even though the guns there was no difference between any of the guns visually the stats on the back end were all different aye, but the, the front end was lazy but still I had a great time like you said we ended up in a half an hour 40 minute fucking firefight with some boss and there's just like ground troops everywhere and the boss in the middle of it and we're all flying around and it just I had a great time with it but at the same time when I tried to play that game without anybody else and I ended up with randoms he always ended up with some arsehole who just fucking steamrolls out he's got no interest at all in trip advising this beautiful world in front of him <laughs> and I want to spend at least an hour trip advising they just want to steam ahead get to the checkpoint which automatically rips me from where I was Puts us on a black loading screen, boots us back in half an hour down the road, 
and then he's there's a I watch a cut scene and then this fucker just scoots off again and I'm like where's he going he's gonna do it again I'm not gonna get to take in this world because some arsehole's just rushing through it because he's farming XP and that was a huge misstep for Anthem I think you can't guarantee everybody's always gonna be playing with pals with the same goals no but anyway, I just thought it was a, it was interesting because we talked about it and I kind of said, mm. hasn't been much Anthem news, has there? And then suddenly... So I think that this is almost saying, yeah, it's on the back burner. Yeah. It's not our, our primary thought. If no. something comes of it, great, but... If not, uh, we'll, if not, we'll just never talk about it again. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Anthem? No, no. We, we didn't, we had nothing to do with that. <laughs> that was Bioware's fault. Well, Johnny, have you got anything else you want to talk about this week? Uh, I don't actually. No, I think we're I think we're done, mate. I think we've gone through the run of show. We've touched on the Unreal Engine running on PS5, Paper Mario Origami King, The Goat of Sashimi, State of Play, Mafia Trilogy, Anthem 2.0. I think we can wrap up the show right there. So, boys and girls, if you've enjoyed what's happened day to day, this is a weekly show. Me and old nice guy Johnny there, boiling the piss off the weekly game news. Not every article makes the cut, not every article interests us, and this is my <laughs> fucking podcast. <laughs> it's his fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, if you've enjoyed what's happened day to day, jump on over to Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us one of them five-star reviews. Spread the news, spread the good word. Uh, and you know we'll just see where we'll see where we end up see where this see how many shitty game free codes that I get that I can give nice guy Johnny because I play exclusively AAA titles (laughs) 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 am I saying I am the Brock Lesnar of this podcast and I will only turn up for the main event absolutely (laughs) yeah nice guy Johnny is the Seth Rollins who will literally work every house show that you throw my way I will yep. be there Cripp- for the big one. Crippled. Can't even do anything now. <laughs> <laughs> My mind jelly. Boys and girls, until next time. Laters. Say bye, Johnny. Au revoir. Skate, Panthers. <laughs>